Dear Jesus, help everyone to, that, that is going to do their best. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Manasseh's wicked plan. Right. Manasseh was born after Hekiel Can you imagine if I were president of the United States? Probably not. I'm only seven years old. The law says that the president has to be at least 35 years old. It seems to be believed that someone under 35 cannot have what it takes to run a whole country. They may be right. If I were president, I would make a law that there would be no homework. Some children can be very wise, even though some people don't think so. Children can be wise just by trusting God and serving Him. Many years ago, there was an eight-year-old boy that was king of Judah. His name was Josiah, and he was king for 31 years. In 2 Kings 22 and 23, and 2 Chronicles 34 and 35, his story is told. In 2 Kings 21, it says that Josiah's grandfather was Manasseh, who was king for 55 years. He did, he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He raised altars to idols and practiced magic. He also killed so many innocent people that it filled Jerusalem from one end to another. Josiah's father, Josiah's father was Amon. He ruled like his father and was killed in the second year. Can you guess by who? The, pal the palace servants. This is why Josiah became king at such a young age. His kingdom was full. His kingdom was full of idol worship and sin. Josiah's whole mouth were not good, but he looked for the God of David. Josiah chose to serve. God with his whole heart. That means that he gave a hundred percent. At times we make a lot of excuses why we don't not give with a hundred percent. Josiah did right in the sight of the Lord. He started seeking the Lord when he was sixteen years old. He started to clean Judah and Jerusalem of idols when he was twenty. When he was twenty six, he repaired the temple and found the book of the law. When Josiah found out he was not doing everything that God wanted him to do, he got upset and tore his clothes. He did not give up or say everything that he had done was enough. He changed so that he could do everything that God wanted. Josiah did not listen to the godless people in his nation. Serving God is not just for adults. It's for everyone. If, if you are 8, 16, 20, 26, or any age, serving the Lord is your responsibility. Do not allow friends to lead you away from God. The Bible says that Josiah did right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn to the right or the left. I want to be like Josiah, and I hope you do too.
My dad and I made a puzzle named Big Ben. It had almost 1,500 pieces. It took a lot of patience to put each piece together and match the colors. Think about this. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindnesses and your truth continue to preserve me. In every book of the Bible, we can find the word faith or faithful. I hear this word at our church and in Christian conversations. I also read this word in the Gospel of Luke 18.8. When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Do we have real faith? How strong needs to be our faith? In Mark 4, verse 40, Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? To others who had faith, Jesus said in Mark 5, verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. And in Luke 7, 50, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Faith is a central theme of the Old and New Testament. There is one book of the Bible, the book of Job, which I would like to use an example of faith. When I told my parents about it, my mom and my dad said that the book of Job is very hard to preach about, and I need something else to preach about. But I believe this is what the Holy Spirit put in my heart. This is what I am thinking about. Let's allow the Spirit of God to teach us through the book of Job what the real faith is. We know the reading in 12.6, Hebrews 12.6, that without faith it is absolutely impossible to please God. And in first chapter of Job, we can recognize that God is very pleased with a man named Job. If you read verse 8, God declares to Satan that there is no other man like his servant Job on earth. This means that Job had to have a measure of faith in God that was pleasing to him. Job teaches us a lot. He was the greatest man of faith alive. God declared that Job's faith was real faith. Satan claimed that Job's faith was fickle faith. We need to know that true faith is not quitting in the midst of the storm, no matter how bad the storm is. The time came when Job lost everything that he had. Oxen, donkeys, sheep, camels, servants. And in verse 19 says that Job lost all his sons and daughters. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house. It fell on the young people, and they are dead. All this evil happened in one day. Who can understand it? This is even hard to read. Let's look now what happened with Job's faith. Verse 20. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. The Bible says Job worshipped.
Verse 21 and 22. And Job said, Naked I come from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all of this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Furthermore, Satan struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. Who from all of us sinning here can say, I suffered more than this man? A big controversy which is not easy to understand. But Job did not curse God. His wife tried to tell him to. He didn't blame his strategy on his secret sin like his friends said him to do. Job, instead, placed his faith in the hands of God, who is just and merciful. He trusted God even when he didn't understand. We don't know the period of time from chapter 1 to 42. Maybe it was a few weeks or a few months or even a few years. It was time enough for Job to understand what is patience. In the children's dictionary, the word patience means continual waiting, having hope, wait, to stay in the same position until the specific event occurs. My sister patiently patiently has no my sister has patiently waited to get a green card for seven years, and I patiently pray about it. I pray until this event occurs. Our God knows when she will have to use it and need it. In chapter 42, verse 1, Joe says to God, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Many of us who read the book of Job know that at the end of the book, the Lord declared to Job's friend Eliphaz, My wrath is roused against you and your two friends. For you have not spoken me of right as my servant Job has. This is what Jesus says to Job. Well done, good and faithful servant. This is what everyone here, sitting here, would like to hear from God. The New Testament in James 5, 12, we read, You have heard the patience of Job, and have seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Job's faithfulness and patience during the hard time of his life was rewarded by God at the end, even more than he had at the beginning. In chapter 42, verse 12, 12-6-16 Now the Lord blessed the later days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 16,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died, old and full of days.
Working together, faith and patience will get the blessing and promises of God. You who struggle with sickness, you who lost your wife or husband or child, you who have problems at school or in your family, you who lost hope or, or feel lonely or don't have friends, you need to ask God, increase my faith. In Hebrews 12, 2, we read, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. I'll be, re I'll be reciting Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. The, me the meaning of this, this pa passage is that when he says, trust in the Lord, that means to trust fully. You can't trust him trust Him today and not trust him tomorrow. You can't trust him 50 and then tomorrow you trust him 20%. You have to trust him 100% every day, every time, every second. So, when he says, trust in the Lord with all, with all your heart, with all your heart, it's meaning kind of like the same thing. With all your heart, means give everything that everything that you mean. Everything that you should always trust him, and 100% all the time. Nothing will stop you from trusting him. When you're sad, you you should trust him that he'll let he'll make your day comfortable and better. When you're angry. He'll, he'll help you so that you your thoughts will will drift away and so when he says that that means trust in the Lord with all your heart and when he says when he shall direct your paths that means he'll lead you and you know, all your ways will be smooth without anything bad happening to you so if if you're scared, so for example, if you're like scared on this test, he'll lead you that you'll get that you won't be nervous anymore. He'll take the butterflies out of your stomach that he, and he'll he'll let you so and help you so that I will so that you will do great and that you will pass the test. And so so the re the reason the the meaning of the also the meaning of this passage is that he may put you in places for a reason. He may even put you in a place for a time of crisis. He may put you in a place for a time to help somebody so that and so he might put you in a place so that you can cure somebody. So for example, if you see somebody in your school in a wheelchair and rolling around and drop some books. 
and you know that they're in a wheelchair, so it would be hard to pick them up. Well, God, well, God uses you so that you'll go over there, get the books, and help him, and yeah, so that he'll help you and direct you in all your ways. So, and also God puts you in places to to feed somebody, to give money to the poor, and all the people that are are homeless and stuff like that, he will come, he'll use you to help them, clothe them, feed them, and that he'll, that you, he'll use you to direct their paths, and, and that all, all the people who are sick, he will use you, maybe even get them flowers or something that to cure them, to make them be happy. Putting a smile on somebody's face is what God wants you to do. So that you should always do that, spread the word of God, and he will direct all of your paths. And you guys won't get nervous or nothing bad should happen in your life. And so that I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. morning church. Before I would like to start my sermon, I would like to pray. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Please help us so that we will be able to follow your word, Lord, and listen to you always, Lord, and not doubt you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I would like to say, have any of you read the 23rd Psalms? Well, if you haven't, it goes like this. Please turn your Bibles to the 23rd Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Based on that passage, can anyone guess who wrote it? Well, it was David. Now ask yourself, when did David write this, and why did he write this? When I read it, I can see that David is explaining what God did for him during times in his life. Let's go through, go through the chapter together so you can get a better understanding of my point. The beginning of the chapter starts off with, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why do you think he wrote that God is his shepherd that he shall, does not want? Because David knows that God always provides. He, he loved God, but God always provided loved and protected. Knowing this, what else can he possibly need? I also know that God takes care of me all the time when I can't see him. One Friday morning, I was driving to school with my mom. That Friday afternoon, I had a vocabulary test. 
those vocabulary words were very complicated for me. But before we got before we started the test, I prayed. And then automatically, right when I got the test, I knew exactly what the words were and how to spell them. So just like David, I had no need to want. In the second and third verse, it reminds me, us that as long as we are obedient and allow God to have control, we will have more peaceful and orderly life. When we turn away from God, there are bad consequences, but God will forget and restore us. David had times when he did not follow God, such as when he was with Bathsheba. He had to pay a consequence of losing his child, but God still cared for him and restored him with another son who would be the wisest and richest man. In the fourth verse, David felt no fear because God was with him. He should also take comfort with God and know that he have that we have eternal life if we follow him death is only to be feared when we will not when we are not with our shepherd with this which is god in the verse five and six david faced many battles for the lord and god also provided everything that was needed and included protection and deliverance from the enemy it started with the story of david and the lion then david and goliath his issues with saw and many many more battles God provided and protected David through the, all these times. It didn't matter whether the enemy was large or small, rich or poor, skillfully or strong. When David was following God, he had the victory. Whatever our battles and struggles are, we can too be the victor. Now let us pray. Please, Lord, help us so that we will all know that we are the victor with you, Lord. And we, if we follow you, Lord, that's when we will be able to do anything, fight anything or anyone. And that with you, Lord, that we can go against stuff and not be afraid anymore, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him for His mighty environment. Praise Him collecting His greatness. It says, it says, praise him in a sound of trumpet. And praise him the dead of hope. And praise him and swing in the instruments and fruit. And praise him. Now and simple. And praise him. And praise him. Let everything that he has praised the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Morning, church. I'm the closing act. Alright, so uh, before I begin, I'd like to say that I think that these children behind me, I think they've done a really good job. I don't know if you agree. Uh, it takes a lot to come up here and do what they've done. So I think, you know, if you see them after church, give them a pat on the back. You know, they've done a very good job. Uh, my verse is uh, Philippians 4.13. That says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So uh, this is a verse that a lot of you were taught at a very young age, you know. It's been instilled in your minds, and, you know, you remember it. It's one of those verses, you know, that you really don't forget because it has a lot of meaning, and we use it in our everyday lives. Uh, I think it's significant because it highlights that Jesus allows us to do anything if we just pray to him, you know. Uh, if we just pray, then it doesn't matter how big it is, how big or small it is, then he gives us the power to go through with it. Um, so let me break this verse down for you. You know, some of you may not understand it. If you this, this may be your first time hearing it. Uh, God says, uh, uh, He says that I can do all things. So when He says this, all things, that's not some things, that's not big things or small things. That's all things. So He doesn't specify in the Bible. He just says that anything that you ask Him. He'll allow you to do it. So I think this is very strong, you know, and I'll go back to these kids coming up here and talking, you know. They didn't they didn't just come up here because their parents told them to or they thought that they might want to. Uh, God allowed them to do this and come up here and speak. So that's an example of how God allows us to do all things through him who gives us strength. Uh, so you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay up here too long, but I just thought that maybe some of us who may be in hard times, hard times of trouble, you know, uh, this is the end of the school year, so final exams are coming up. Uh, it's tax season, you know, so I just, I just wanted to give you a word of encouragement that you can do anything, you know. Uh, just pray to God, and he'll allow you to do whatever you may want, whatever you ask. Just get down on your knees, come before him, and pray to him, okay? God bless all of you. Thank you.